listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Oh, we got tons to talk about. We'll talk Knicks. We'll talk Rangers. We'll talk Combine. We'll talk Tom Brady. We'll talk to you on ESPN New York Tonight. And we'll do it at 1-800-919-3776. Yeah, that's the number to join our Thursday conversation here on 9870 ESPN, along with Giselle and Kyrie. We're here for Throwback Thursday. Oh, we got some music for you this evening. Yes, we do. We got some things to uh, make you want to move, and you're going to have to move because it's cold outside. It is burr. You know, can we talk about the weather for a second? The past couple of days have been, like, really weird. You had, like... Springtime weather and rain on Tuesday. Cold weather and rain last night. And now today, just plain cold. Just plain cold. But it could be worse, right? It could be worse. I mean, it's February and things are looking up. So what can we say about the Knicks tonight at 1-800-919-3776? You know, you, you look at them. And you say, okay, will they give me a representative effort tonight because of the fact that the Sixers are down two stars? And you looked at how they played last night, meaning the Sixers, and they just really didn't get it done. I mean, Cleveland took care of them. Al Horford was horrible. I was listening to the Michael K. show earlier today here on 98.7 ESPN, and Andrew Gunling was just was just done, done with Al Horford. Because this is not the Al Horford that was anchoring Boston's uh, fine play up in up in Beantown. This was a different guy. This is a guy who's who has not really been doing anything. He just seems to be out of sorts. It's almost like he's playing the four in Philly because he's next to Embiid, and him at the four is not pretty. And so he's kind of you know, in in the wilderness, so to speak, he's kind of uncomfortable. He's not a four anymore. He's a five. He's the guy that likes to pull the opposing center away from the basket and, you know, shoot and do what he needs to do. And that's, you know, that's not, that's not what he's been able to do down in Philadelphia this season. So to see him perform the way he did. And listen, the Knicks were able to do some things against him a little later in the game. But um, for the most part, you, you know, here's what you wanted. You wanted a representative effort from this Nick team. And you got it in spurts. And I was talking to the guys, Giselle and Kyrie, before we started, while we were listening to Pat O'Keefe in the, in the postgame. And I feel bad for Mike Miller. I feel bad for him because he says the same thing every game. And the reason why he says the same thing every game is because the same things happen every game. You could look, you could have a script for this Nick team and, and, and you know what's going to happen. Okay. The script is very simple. They will come out sluggish. They will be down big. They'll claw their way back twice only to fall short at the end. That's one script. The other script is they get off to a really good start. 
they forget how to shoot midway. They come back. They stop playing defense and they lose big near the end. So those are the two, those are the two things that you've seen from this Nick team. And I like one of the reporters questions in the post game, which was, is it time now to just turn to the kids? And Miller said, well, you know, we've got a bunch of kids in the rotation now and they're getting plenty of playing time. Well, Bobby Portis started tonight. Um, he's not a kid. <laughs> With all due respect to Bobby, Bobby's not a kid. Bobby's a veteran. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that's the issue there. All right. We, we know what you kind of like, but Bobby, Bobby, Bobby's, you know, Bobby's a vet. And the, and the problem here tonight, and you understand, look, I understand Miller's thinking because Miller's thinking is, Hey, guess what? I need to see. He, he was good offensively last night. So you know what? I need to get rolling. Here's my guy. I need him to give me some offense. Maybe he can give me some offense to get me going to the quick start. Well, Bobby Portis did not get them off to a quick start. And to make matters worse, Tobias Harris, who was, as I mentioned, shaky in the game last night against Cleveland for Philly, ended up with 34. I think if I remember correctly, he had like 16 or 18 in the first quarter. So the Knicks were already in trouble, but at least they held on. They were they were uh, down by just five at the end of one. But the weird thing about this team is when you look at the box score, there's always a quarter or two where they just can't defend anything. There's always a quarter or two where they just can't. They just mess up. And tonight, it was the second quarter where they gave up 35 points. And the frustrating thing is, look, you know that Philly's good. You know Philly's going to score. You know Philly, you know, has shooters on their team. Know their bench has not been consistent, but their bench is pretty good. And so when you're looking at the Knicks and you're, and you're looking at their, and we talk about their defense or lack of same a lot, but it's, it's, it's miscommunication. It's, it's, you know, uh, mistakes. It's two guys going on one guy. It's okay. We thought he was going to pull up, but he turned the corner on us and got to the basket. Or it's man, the, the, the floor just opened up. And the guy had an uncontested bucket. And so that's what it's, that's what you've seen from this Nick team. That's the way it's been. And it's frustrating. It really is frustrating because, you know, you're not seeing any progress. Once again, as you go down the box score, here's the things that if you're a Nick fan, you're happy about. Okay. You're happy about Mitchell Robinson tonight. Once again, 32 minutes. Okay. Two personal fouls. Now, you're not happy with his scoring because he only scored six points and he had eight rebounds, but you're happy that he's on the floor. See, that's what you're happy about because he's always in foul trouble. You need him on the floor so he can get better. You need him on the floor so he can he can show what he can do. And they're even worse defensively when he's not on the floor. So you like that about him. 
Okay, so that was a positive. Kevin Knox again. I mean, his ability, he just doesn't look like he knows how to play the game anymore. He had one point. I mean, come on. Eight minutes, one point. He's lost his confidence now. And, and the worst thing about that, he's not even going to the basket. He's just trying to just put him up. So it, it, it's really rough. It's really rough. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. It's ESPN New York Tonight. Throwback Thursday. Taking you back. 1-800-919-3776. Talking Knicks right now. We'll turn our attention a little later in the show. We'll talk Combine. We'll talk Giants. Interesting discussion on the K-Show. About uh, Giants' interest in Tom Brady? Hmm. You know what's fascinating about that? Uh, right now, as I was telling the guys, Giants have a better receiving core than what New England does. <laughs> and uh, Brady's got somebody here he knows. And the Giants head coach, Joe Judge. The only problem is... If Brady comes here, he's got to fight for the job because, you know, nobody's job is guaranteed on this team if you're a Giants fan under the new head coach. As a matter of fact, I don't think he would. Would he Would he mention Tom's name at all? We got a new guy, <laughs> veteran in this league, knows what to do, done some things. It's crazy. It's crazy. 1-800-919-3776. Spike's in Jersey. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Brother Larry. Thanks for getting me on. It's nice that you started early. Could you do me a big, big favor? and read two, Three, two, three, you will. You read just the box score. What did Philly shoot from three-point range? I don't even want to know. But You sure you, sure you want to know? Uh, I'm guessing over 50%. Uh, no, just under. 48.4. They were 15 of 31. Oh, bad night. Good day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and assisted turnovers must have been 6 or 7 to 1 because they didn't turn the ball over at all. But you know what's funny? The the the, the uh, Sixers had 6 turnovers. Yeah, we have 40 assists. <laughs> and they had 32 assists. Yeah, that's a lot. That's huge. Yeah, the, the Knicks, team, the Knicks, had, the Knicks had 8 turnovers. Right. And twenty-eight assists. Yeah, but no rebounds. They can't. They can't guard anybody. It's, no, they can't. They can't guard anybody. Anybody. I won't even complain about Julius Randle tonight because he stayed out of trouble. He's great around the basket. Or anything. But he's frustrating, Spike. He's frustrating because, and, and you said this in the beginning, and it's so true. He's a compiler. No. Oh. Okay, because you look at the box score afterwards, you're like, you know what? He didn't play badly. And then you look, and there's maybe not tonight, but there's usually in the game. There's why you're trying to split the defense. You know you can't dribble like that. It's not even on the offensive end. That's bad enough. Defensively, he the guy just waltzes to the basket. Yeah, off. he does. I know. It, 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 it's it's terrible. But but the truth of the matter is, guys like Ellington and Reggie Bullock, they they don't belong. Tosh Gibson was out there. These guys we signed them to one year deals. Let them go. Yeah. Bring the D League kids up. G League kids, wherever they're. Bring them up. What are we watching this crap for? It's 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 terrible. It's it's just bad basketball. 
And, it is. And, and I, I, I can't even, if, if you constantly allow between, Nick's got to be last and next to last in the NBA. And, and allow and everything. And we'll do about everything, but still go three-point percentage allowed. They just don't even attempt to close out. No. This has been 50 games this year. There's not been one game where they've even, you know, if the kid, the kid who got hot, uh, I forget the names of my mind today. What's the kid's name? He made five in a row three-pointers for us. So. Oh, uh, uh, Harkless. Yeah. If Harkless didn't make those fives, I don't think we made two other three, uh, those five threes. We probably shot two for 20. So, uh, you're, you're close. You know, what, what do you wait? One, one guy to get hot? Yeah, you're close. Let's see. Portis was one for five. Randall, two of four. <laughs> Don't start. Peyton, 0 for two. Barrett, 0 for one. Yeah. Knox, 0 for one. Wellington, yeah. oh, 0 for two. Bullock, 0 for one. Yeah. <laughs> Harkless, 5 of seven. Yeah, right. This, uh, without him, you're two for 20 or two for three for 19. Listen, here's the sad part. The young fellow who called before, he's yes. passionate about yes. his voice. Yes. Kevin Knox is done. He's done. D-U-N, done. He can't play basketball. He's too slow. Most of these guys don't move their feet on defense to begin with. They play with their hands. They're reaching. And, and it's just so, you know, Mitchell shows flashes of being good. The kid we know is going to be good, the youngster. But look at the, look at the difference. Right. Look at the difference between the third pick. I know John Moran is playing great, but he's got the ball in his hand all yes, the time. He controls the tempo. He's yeah, the he maestro. Controls the tempo, so he's going to get all stats. This Zion Williamson, what a, was that worth waiting for? Oh, yeah, it was good. Does he beat you to that spot or yes, not? Yes, he does. I'll tell you. Yes, he, he does. He's got the quickest feet and that second lunge. And uh, this is. Uh, I'm just concerned you. about him, Spike, staying healthy. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to be okay. I'm just concerned about that. Where do you expect him to get hurt? If he beats the big trees to the spot, regardless of height, where's he going to get hurt? Handling the ball? Um. If they get to the postseason and they start slowing it down, that's where I, that's where I'm, I'm wondering where he's going to start getting that, that battle in the painted area. Well, listen, in the up and tempo game, no, he's not unless he just just missteps and twists an ankle. You're right, and thanks for the phone call, Spike. Always good talking to you. Um, you're right in in that scenario, up and down, no. But I just you know, he's he is really good. He's good. He's good. And and listen, wait till he learns how to play the NBA game. He doesn't even know how to play the NBA game yet. Wait till he learns how to play the NBA game. He'll be even better. He'll be he'll be he'll he'll be tremendous. He he's going to be ooh. New Orleans is going to be a tough team, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you right now, they're going to be slowly. They could if they continue to play the way they are, they could make the postseason this year, even without having him for a long period of time. Okay, they could. I mean, right now they are three games out of the eighth spot in the West. You don't think they could they could overtake Memphis? I think so. I think so. The way they're playing? I mean, they gave the Lakers all they could handle. All they could handle. Alex is in Wappinger's Falls. Alex, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, how you doing, Larry? Uh, I'm just, uh, I hear, I hear everyone talking about Knox, and yeah, Knox's confidence is completely shot, but someone I don't hear, I hear getting a lot of, uh, a lot of support, but honestly doesn't deserve it, is Frank. Nilakina? Uh, he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't been getting much playing time lately. Well, he's hurt. I hear a lot of people. Again. I hear a lot of people. I hear a lot of people clamoring for him when he isn't hurt. Like, hey, he he deserves another shot. 
The guy took three years to show a flash. Yeah. Like, he, we need to do – we should have gotten rid of him when we could get something for him. I don't even think we could get a, a G League player for that guy anymore. <laughs> He's terrible. Alex, I'm going to tell you something. Thanks for the phone call. He has struggled, and there's no question about it. There's no two ways about it. And once again, he'll show you a game or two, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is what we've been waiting for, okay? This is it. And I just think if he could he's, – he's decent defensively, and I think that's what has kept him around. It's because defensively he's okay. He's not great. He's not lights out. He's okay. And they, and they, they've placed him all over the place. They've played him at the two. They've played him at the one. They've put him all over. Uh, it's going to be incumbent upon whomever the new head coach is and their staff to just really take a look at this roster and just make some hard decisions. Who stays and who goes? Now, the good part about these veterans is that, you know, they're all under one year deals with the exception of Randall. So, you know, the Bullocks and the Ellingtons and these guys, they, 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 the Portises, they could be gone. They do, they will not be back here next year. Okay. Maybe, maybe, you know, I don't see any of them coming back. I don't know what the new regime's going to say. They may feel that we want to have some veteran presence on the team or they'll go and sign some other veterans. But, you know, that's the good thing. You're not stuck with those guys for two, three years. The only person you're, quote, stuck, unquote, with is 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 Randall because he's got a three-year deal. But after next year, it's an expiring contract, so you could, if you needed to, you could move him at the trade deadline. All right? So you're, you're in a situation, but it's not, oh, gosh, we're stuck with these guys. So that's a positive. The other thing is now, you know, I'm with Spike in the sense I want to see more of these kids. And I don't know I don't know what you do with, with Kevin Knox right now. I don't know. I mean, I want to say play him and let's see if he can play himself out of it. But this is confidence is shot. You can just see it. He he has no confidence that the ball is going in the basket when he puts it up. None. None. And I, and I, I, as I said before, I still believe that RJ Barrett is going to be a really good player. Really good player. But of late, he just, he just can't, he's not playing well. He just is not playing well. And I don't know if it's the surrounding, it's the fact that they continue to lose, it, it's the mental focus. I don't know exactly what it is. And I, and I just think when you look at this team, sometimes if guys don't hit shots early, it takes them right out of the game. It does. It takes them right out. They just, they just are done. They're gone. They're done. And so for a young player, you know, who needs that confidence and the other side of it, what is the coaching staff doing to work with these kids at practice on off days, taking them to the side? What are they doing? Because, and I'm not saying they're not doing anything. All I'm saying is whatever it is, it's not showing up on the court during the games. So perhaps they need to change their approach in whatever it is because the guys aren't getting it. They just aren't. And when you want to see what you have 
and you're looking to see how your young players are maturing, how they're growing, how they're improving, because you want because you've got a new regime coming in. You know this. It doesn't look like it's very promising right now. It just doesn't. This is ESPN New York tonight. Absolutely, we're open for business. You know, I, you know, again, I'm good. Whatever we do is going to be in our best interest. Trading back has its is fraught. It has danger. You know, what happens if you trade back eight spots? You know, we're at four. Let's say we trade back to eight. There's only four players that we like. What if they're all gone? Now, now, you know, now what are you going to do? You're going to trade back again? You know, you, you can trade yourself back out of good players. But to answer your question, uh, you know, we're open. Dave Gellerman, along with the JBs on the Throwback Thursday. It's ESPN New York tonight on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Talking a little football with you. So Dave Gellerman is, was asked, is he open to trading the number four pick? Keep in mind, Dave Gellerman, throughout his years as a GM, has not done that before. He never trades. He never trades up. Never. Doesn't do it. Doesn't. Doesn't do it. Period. So why would he think that he would do it now? Hmm? I'm not sure. Dave, what are you going to do it for? We're going to take the best player. Okay? We're going to evaluate him, take the best player. That's what it is. Free. I've said unrestricted free agency. Put you in a position. Hopefully, if it works out for you, put you in a position to take the best player. That's what we'll do. And that's what you should do. But hopefully, and, and really, think of it this way. For the Giants, they have a bunch of different needs. So to take the best player at four is going to fill a need. It's just like the Jets. When the Jets take their player, it's going to fill a need. Because they have things that they need. They have a lot of different things they have to take care of. They've got old linemen. They've got corners. They need a bunch of things. And the Giants are the same. They need a bunch of things as well. Like another linebacker since they uh, cut Alex Ogletree. So there's a bunch of different things that they need. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what Dave Gettleman is going to do. So one of the things, too, obviously, aside from not normally trading up, which is what he has not done, the other thing is he's not really big on analytics, allegedly. But uh, so he was asked, you like it or you don't? (laughs) All right. One thing you have taught me very well is there are no throwaway lines anymore. That was a throwaway line, and you guys know it. But every opportunity you get, you stick it. We use it. We're involved in it. We're building a, you know, we're building a department. You know, it's, listen, it's like, it's just part of the tool. It's part of the tool set. So, yeah, we do it. I just don't go out discussing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we know what you're saying. You don't go out discussing it because you're really not that big a fan of it. But, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not either. But in his position as GM, you have to take all the information in everything and make a decision on everything. And so 
I, it'll be curious to see if Judge, coming from the New England Patriots, who you know won their share of uh, Super Bowls, if he bring what role did sabermetrics and analytics play in their makeup and in their game planning and schemes and how they work a thing and how they look at draft choices. And will he bring that knowledge here to the Giants? And will that start to sway Dave Gellerman a little bit? It'll be interesting to find out. Back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Mark is in Newark. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Mark. What's up, my friend? How are you? I'm doing great, partner. What's happening? Oh, awesome. Good, great show as usual. Thank you, sir. Um, to start, Larry, um, I gotta tell you that I'm looking, uh, I'm looking so forward to this year of calling you and riding and, and riding the, the wave that is the New York Mets. That's gonna be stupid fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just to preface the beginning of the conversation. Okay. Um, that's gonna be fun. Um, now, the, Beloved New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Mm-hmm. I got to say something about this team. Larry, the, the Joe Douglas, I, I mean, right now I'm loving him. Just because of what I just heard. You got Gellerman over here with his one-liners, ha-ha, he, oh, oh, and all that. Joe is just sitting in the back, and he's just picking his groceries. And And, and what I love is the fact that Last year, our defense, Larry, see, I got to get a little jets in because it's going to be nets for the, from here on out for the I hear year. You. <laughs> so, so little jets, Larry, um, here's where I'm at. Um, I'm, I know all of, a lot of people are talking about as far as, uh, we need, uh, a defensive end pass rusher and everybody's got their eyes set on this, uh, this guy from Ohio State. Who's Chase Young. I, get, I, I, I get it. I get it. But, but, I'm not in that. I'm not in that uh, mix there. For me, defensively, I'm quite satisfied with the job that Greg is doing. I mean, I think that his whole philosophy of stop the run, make them one-dimensional, and then he gets to take the players that we have. And I mean, you got to remember those corners; there nobody knew who they were, mm-hmm. and, and linebackers. So, so my confidence defensively is through the roof. I know this defense is going to be good. Period. Only even better than from last year. Now, offensively. Mm-hmm. We just got Josh Dotson, and um, I'm hearing about you know you and I talked to getting Odell. That would be great. Okay, fine. But even if we don't, that's fine with me too, mm-hmm. because I think that I know offensive line Larry is supposed to be you know the mainstay. But Larry, everybody wants offensive line. That's mm-hmm. every single team. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even go there. That's a given. Here's what I like offensively. Love the running back, no question. Um, Bilal Powell, love, love, love Bilal Powell. I just don't know if he's still, if he's got, you know, the tread on them tires is a little old. If we get somebody, they better be comparable to him because uh-huh. uh, he, he's awesome to me. Now, we got we got the things offensively that you need. See, I, I don't want no excuses for 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 Sam for for Gaze or Sam for that matter, uh-huh. and this is why offensively. Robbie Anderson takes the top off the defense. You need that. That speed guy that can just ready, set, go. We got that. You, you also need a tight end who can block and box out and catch. Well, we got two of those. Now, you also have boxing. 
He's the possession slash speed receiver, big target, and always proven his ability to catch the football. You got that. And then you need the weapon, the, the Swiss Army knife. And we happen to have one of those that has a lot of speed, and that's Vincent Smith. So where, from where I sit, you know, Sam's the offensive line. If, if our offensive line is just as decent as most, um, the excuse part comes in here. Last year we talked about Sam Gage, about uh, Adam Gates putting in the work. Mm-hmm. When Adam Gates started putting in the work and utilizing the weapons that they should be using, we, we went on to be 7-9 and nine and improved pretty much every game all the way to the end. I love that. But he's got to continue to do that. He can't X out uh, Bell in his mix of what he does in the kitchen. He's just got to put in the work and use everybody the way they should be used. And lastly, lastly, uh, Sam Donald, look, it's show and prove time. Now, you've been in this system. You've been in another system. You're you're young, a kid, all of those accolades. but, But for me, it's show and prove time. Because you have what you need to be successful. Pick up from last year. I don't need any mono and and and, and, and any <laughs> this or that. You know, you, you got to prove to me this year, Larry. A lot more than well, he's got to his his growth uh, chart has got to be where it should be with the expectations that 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 everybody thinks that he's facing a franchise. Well, prove it to me. Mark, that, that's my main two things. Mark, you're a thousand percent right. Thanks for the phone call. Always good hearing from you. Uh, it really, it really, as far as returning guys, it starts with Sam Darnold. And it starts with him making the right decisions. This is going to be, okay, as you mentioned, second year in the gates. All right. Third year in the league. It's time to cut down the turnovers, my friend. It's time to cut down on the interceptions. It's time to cut down on the bad throws, on the bad reads. You can't continue to make the same mistakes. So that's what you want to see from him. If you can get him to trust his eyes, if you can get him to slow down a little bit, read your defenses, and not turn the football over, that would be great. If you can get him to improve his completion percentage. And the other thing he needs to do, which is something he did in his rookie year but didn't do it last year, can you pull the, can you move your feet? And if there's a wide open lane, run with the football. I mean, make it instead of second and nine. Okay. On first down. Hey, run with it a little bit. Move in the pocket. Move up. You, he's got nimble feet. He can move. Listen, I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson. Or, or, or Dennis Watson. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that he can move his feet and he can give you some extra yards. That's what he needs to do. So now instead of second and nine, you're looking at second and four. Oh, okay. Guess what? That makes Gase's job easier because now you got the defense on your heels because I don't know what he's going to do. He can run the ball because if he gets three or four yards, his third down is very manageable. Now he could do play action. He could do a bunch of different things. So that's what you need from Sam Darnold. You need him to make better decisions, not turn the football over, and understand and, and and not try to make a super play when you just need the right play. That's what you want from him. From Gase, you want him to do a quicker job in adjusting to what the defense takes away from his offense. Okay, that's what you want. You want that done better. 
Defensively, they were outstanding considering the personnel they had on the field. Okay? You get C.J. Mosley back. You tighten up your corners. It looks like, from what Joe Douglas says, that, uh, you know, Jamal Adams, they want him to be a Jet for life, so they're obviously open to talking and have been talking, according to Joe, with his uh, with Adams' representatives. So you're set at the safety spot. You need to tighten up your corners. you got some experience with the guys you have. So by them playing with the situation of last year where I'm not even going to go there. The starting corner was out and then eventually gone. So that gave them more playing time. And that was a good thing because they got experience. Were they burned on a couple of occasions? Yes. Did they make mistakes? Yes. But that's how you learn at that position in the National Football League. When everything, and this is not an excuse, this is fact. When everything rules-wise is held against the, the defender, especially a corner, in the NFL, and they were able to at least hold their own, that's great experience. And now you have depth there. So when you go to a nickel or dime package under Greg Williams' defense, okay, you've got experience back there. You've got guys who understand what they need to do and what they can do. And to be honest, the thing that was really impressive about them was since Jamal Adams was like the the renegade pass rusher that normally you have on your, on your front, among your front seven, either on the line or from the linebacker spot, because he did so good, that meant that the communication was solid out there in the, in the, on the back end so he could make the move to pressure the quarterback and to just not get burned for big plays as you went into the latter part of the season. So, listen, there's a lot of things that you can be happy about. There's a lot of things, if you're a Jet fan, that you're looking forward to. The main thing you're looking forward to is how Joe Douglas – is going to put his stamp on this team. And for this team to take the next step faster, and Joe Douglas knows this, he's got to improve them in the trenches on both sides of the ball, offensive line and defensive line. That's where it starts. And then you go back, and the rest will take care of itself. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number two of a Throwsback Thursday edition of ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7FM. We've been talking next, talking a little football, talking Jets and Giants. I think I found one that Kyrie likes. <laughs> Let's get to the phones before the other phone rings. 
1-800-919-3776. Let's talk to D in Long Island City. Hey, D, you are next on 987 ESPN. Hey, how are you? I'm going to try to keep it brief. I know the last call over the football went a little long, but it was interesting. I don't I, – one thing I want to just say, and I'll shut up. Please try not to hang up on me. But I'm going to give some kudos to the last regime because – I can tell you this, I'm involved in basketball pretty heavily, and I can tell you one thing. This is the first time the damn Knicks had cap space, didn't throw away the money on ridiculous contracts, and gathered five first-round picks. But And you know the deal before. Uh, Mills didn't have control of the team. Phil Jackson did. In that period, you did those two drafts. One of the reporters said, well, how do you know you can trust him to do to draft? Yeah, he created all the space. That's great. But how can you trust him? How do you know you had Knox, whose jury's still out, but you're saying R.J. Barrett wasn't a good pick? Not sure yet, um, D. That's the question, and thanks for the phone call. I think he will be a good player. I do. I think he's, it's it's an adjustment. And But I will say this, D, to be honest, and I like R.J. Barrett, but when he tells people that he's really – he really shoots right-handed, but he's more comfortable left. And then we watch him missing jumpers, shooting left-handed. That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> if he's really a righty shooter, then, you know, look, I want him to be able to shoot with both hands. There's no doubt about that. But And and he says he's more comfortable lefty, but he's righty. I, I, anyway, uh, you make some good points about the previous regime. And yes, they did not trade away their number one picks as as regimes before them did. And once again, as we mentioned earlier, the positive is they only uh, signed these guys, the transition guys, the veteran guys that you have on this roster, only signed them for one year. So look, it can get better. It can get better quickly. But still, whoever's taken over has got to make some decisions. And part of the decisions that they have to make is, as I mentioned, where where's this team going? What what's going to happen? What how do you make this team better? And so hopefully with yet another regime coming in, uh, they'll figure it out and, and and hopefully do the right thing. So yeah, they do get some credit for that, that you do have cap space and they didn't trade away their top picks. <laughs> Via Twitter. Uh at Soldier thirty fifty eight had a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. First the Knicks to send Knox and Frank down to the G League and bring up Iggy and Wooten to see what they have, whether it's confidence or a kick in the pants. We need some energy and effort, something that should never be the problem for young players. He continues, I'm sorry, but we need to stop blaming the vets on the Knicks. If the kids played with more energy and heart, the vets would sit more. If the mere presence of vets makes Knox and Frank lose confidence, then I question the mental makeup of the players. He continues, the one question I have about the failures of Knox and Frank is, is the organization at fault for not developing them better, or are they the bust they appear to be? I don't know. I'm skeptical that if Frank went to, let's say, the Spurs, how much better would he be? Well, if he went to the Spurs and was better, that meant that the culture is better. Okay? There's better. You know what the, you know what, what Greg Popovich's style of play is. It's very simple. You hustle, you play, or you sit. That's it. So sometimes because you have a winning culture, you have winning established, 
guys go in understanding that, okay, we have a criteria that we have to meet. Here, you're developing the criteria. Okay, there, it's already set. With the Lakers, it's now set because LeBron James is there and he's won some titles and he sets the tone there. Same thing with the Clippers. Doc Rivers set the tone with the Clippers and now there's players there to elevate that tone. And part of the thing is that, you know, in some cases where you've got consistency, like Greg Popovich, like Doc Rivers, they set that tone for you. So you go in understanding, okay, this is, this is what is expected of me. Here, you don't have that because you're building a culture. You're trying to establish it. So, uh, not making excuses for them. You're right. They should try to perform and play. But I will say this in their defense. It is an adjustment when you've come from programs and have won all your life to deal with losing and to, and to for the first time in your career, to go into a game and sometimes knowing we got no shot of winning this game. <laughs> when there's no chance we got a win in this game. And that's where you have to work on your mental attitude and, and your responsibility and your thought process about, you know, making sure that you know, I got to be a pro. I got to, I, I got to, you know, I got to come out there and give it my all every night. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for the young kids to do that. Heck, it's hard for the veterans to do it. Jimmy's in Staten Island. Hey, Jim, you are next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Larry? Good evening. What's happening, Jim? What's going on? Uh, I, I, you pretty much touched the topic I wanted to talk on, but uh, as I was mentioned, I want I want to talk about what what kind of direction you think they should go with this head coaching. You know, I know they have the they have the president coming into play, and I'm pretty sure they're going to have the GM. But you know, do they go for the Mark Jacksons? Do they go for the home run and try try to get a Mark Jackson or try to get um try to get a Jeff Van Gundy, which I was told that you're a very big fan of. But uh, do they go for those and you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, these young guys, like, what, what I, I feel bad for them because it's like, you know, there's no direction that they're, they're giving, you know. So we know, and I feel like we're not going to know what, what Knox's uh, capability is and uh, what uh, Neil Aquino's. And, you know, so my point, my main thing is what, what direction are they going to go in? Like, I'm, I'm just confused. Jimmy, so am I. <laughs> Thanks for the phone call. I'm confused, too. I would like to see a Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy. I would like to see either one of those guys come back and be head coach of this team because I, I with Mark Jackson and, and Jeff Van Gundy, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be ball movement, ball movement and defense. Okay. Mark Jackson showed you what he could do out in Golden State. He got that team rolling. Okay. He provided the nucleus. Steve Kerr came in and, you know, finished the product, but at least he had something to work with when he got there. That's why he didn't take the Nick job, Steve Kerr. There was nothing for him to work with here, even with Phil Jackson. And although they had a handshake agreement, his hand uh, went back in his pocket and he walked to Golden State. <laughs> so I think those guys, because they've won, they know how to win, and they understand. And the other part of it is both of them have been working for us for the past couple of years, just watching all different styles and all different coaching methods and all different personnel and how different personnel works with different things. So they are current because they travel, they speak to coaches, they're, they're, they're looking at games, they're there.
Okay, they're talking to players in the in as as they work with Mike Breen or Ryan Rucco and get together for the in preparation for the broadcast. So they're current. So even though they haven't coached in a while, they're still up on what's going on in the NBA because they're living it. They see it. They talk to players. They talk to coaches. They're talking to personnel. They're talking to front office folks. So for me, one of those guys would be, they would be my top choice. Either you give me Jackson, you give me Van Gundy, you give me Van Gundy, you give me Jackson, give me one of those two. They would be my top choice to help. And then the other thing about them is also I know that they would give a real support to these young players so that these young players would do a better job at improvement. And once again, I'm not saying that the current coaching staff is is not doing that. I'm not saying that. I don't know. I just know that whatever it is, it's not transferring onto the court. It's just not. Because you see some of them make the same mistakes all the time. Okay? Either they're not getting it or they're just dumb. And I don't think they're just dumb. I think they're not getting and understanding what needs to happen. And maybe they need to be repped. Maybe they need to be spoken to differently. Maybe there needs to be a different process. Maybe there needs to be a different presentation. I don't know. All I know is it's not working. And it needs to change. And in the case of Kevin Knox, whatever Fisdale and, and the staff is pretty much the same as only Fisdale left. The staff is pretty much the same. It worked last year with Kevin Knox. Why isn't it working this year? This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here is what you have to say about today's top news stories on ESPN New York Tonight. 1-800-919-3776. Spike's in Jersey. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Brother Larry. Thanks for getting me on. It's nice that you started early. Could you do me a big, big favor and read two, three, two, three, you will. You read just the box score. What did Philly shoot from three-point range? I don't even want to know. Alex is in Wappingers Falls. Alex, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, how you doing, Larry? Uh, I'm just, uh, I hear, I hear everyone talking about Knox, and yeah, Knox's confidence is completely shot, but someone I don't hear, I hear getting a lot of, uh, a lot of support, but honestly doesn't deserve it. It's Frank. Let's talk to Eugene. He's in the Big Apple. Gene, you're next on 987. And so every time you talk about the Knicks, I get more frustrated just hearing about them. <laughs> so like, it's like, it's like the coach can't get this team right. I mean, what they do at practice? They sit around and talk. They don't do no practice. They don't shoot around. They don't, I mean, it's just frustrating, man. It's just like sometimes I like to listen to you all the time. When you talk to the Knicks, I got to turn my radio off, man. I get frustrated, man. Will is in the Big Apple. Will, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Will, listen to the phone, not the radio. Hi, Will. Bad job, Will. Bad job. But Will, Will redeemed himself. He called back and got his uh, Dak Prescott question in. We love it when you guys respond to our top stories of the day. We try to do it every show here on ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones. Rick is in Long Island. What's up, Rick? You're next on 98.7. What's up, Larry? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. What's happening? So listen, I want to talk about the Rangers with you. This team has gotten hot at the right time. They don't have one or two guys who are playing well. They got four or five, six guys who are playing well. Georgiev is playing outrageous. Uh, you know, it's, it's too bad that Henrik's career as a Ranger is going to end the way that it's ending. But this team is young. They're fast. They're playing right. 
And I think you're going to see Georgiev playing in the playoffs in, in game one. And if this team does squeeze into the playoffs, which it looks like they are, this is a team that no one wants to play. I don't care if you're Boston or Pittsburgh or Washington. No one wants to see this team. Well, I'll say this, Rick, and thanks for the phone call. I still think that um, Lundqvist is going to make a big effort and, and have a big impact on, on this team this season, on that playoff push. Uh, Georgiev is not going to play every night. Okay, He's going to get a blow from time to time. So I, I believe that Lundqvist is going to be able to uh, play well and, and in spots come up big. So I know what you're saying about it, and you know you love what he's brought to the table during his Ranger career, uh, and you hate to see him go out this way, but with the, uh, with the injury because of the car accident to Igor, this is a spot for, for uh, you know, the king to get involved some more. You look at the schedule tonight, and once again, the Rangers beat uh, Montreal 5-2 in the game you heard on our sister station, 1050. The Rangers now have 74 points, same as the Hurricanes. Islanders right now have 78. Columbus has 76. So the Rangers right now are tied for the third spot, okay, with the wild card, tied in that third spot. And they're just, you know, a couple points behind the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Islanders right now have the first wild card spot solidified. So, uh, listen, the Rangers just have to continue to play well. They've done a nice job. They've won five straight. They've won, what, eight out of nine on the road. They've won nine of their last ten overall. And they are clearly, uh, as, as you mentioned, one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. And you love how they're playing. And you love that they just continue to find ways to win. Trailing early tonight, but then bounce bounce back and just do what they need to do. And so that's what's been encouraging about this team. And that's kind of what I was referring to when I was talking about the Knicks and the young players there. You look at what the young players with the Rangers are doing. You look at the mistakes they made earlier in the season. You look at how lax they were defensively not being able to clear the zone out of the way so the goalie could have a clear vision of what's happening, uh, turning the puck over in, in their own end, uh, doing just little things, lack of experience, bad play. But you see now that you know they fought through it, they learned from it, and Quinn's got this team playing very well right now. They do. And going forward, listen, with Igor and, and Georgiev, they've got two young goalies who could be, you know, their future going forward. I mean, obviously, you look at who gets the most playing time, so obviously they look at Igor as the number one guy. But, uh, you know, what are they going to do with Lundqvist in the offseason? Do you trade him? Do What do you do? Do you bring him back and, and ship Georgiev away and maybe get some more assets for him? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with handle because they, they, they're not going to go into next season with three goalies. Okay, I guarantee you that. That's not going to happen. Okay, so the question is going to be, which is going to be the number two? But listen, you don't worry about that right now. What you worry about is just sit back and enjoy this team. And get this, here's the best part of it. It's the experience that they're getting, okay, going over and winning meaningful games, going down the stretch of a season. All right? I mean, they they, they played 59 uh, uh what about sixty some games? Okay, so so they're playing. They're, they're learning. These are they got what twenty games left. So this is this is where you learn. These are meaningful games, preparing to play, 
succeeding and doing well on the road. Okay, so that's that's the best part of what you're saying. Doing well on the road and winning. And 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 playing good and playing good hockey. You know, it's excellent. It's excellent. You love it. You love what they're doing right now. You just do. And you just hope they can just continue. And they're getting different people every night getting a contribution. So that's the best part of what you're saying right now. I just want it to continue. I just do. You know, we were talking earlier about uh, the Combine. And, of course, we'll be glued to our TVs at the Combine, looking at speeds of the wide receivers who had some some really good speeds today. Uh, and you want to see what the line – but for me, I want to see what the big fellas are going to do. So I'm looking at – I'm interested in the line. I'm interested in the O-line and the D-line. I'm interested in, uh, you know, the movement – uh, how they're able to move, how they respond to the ball and, and the things that they do in the combine. But, of course, that just supplements all the video that you've been looking at for these folks, for these guys over the year. You've watched them. You've had your scouts go to the, their games. You've watched them in the postseason, some of the games that they've had, the Senior Bowl and games like that. You're going to continue to send uh, your scouts to their workouts at their school that they normally have and will have. And then you have to make a decision. And the decision, at least for both local teams, and I, I'm pretty sure the Giants feel this way, that they have their quarterback right now. They feel that Danny Dimes is their guy because of what he showed last year. And the key thing that he showed last year was his ability to complete passes. He did a nice job. His completion percentage was outstanding. You saw that he could move without the foot, run with the football, which is something that, you know, that's today's NFL. You got, if you're a quarterback, you got to be able to move your feet, get out of trouble, extend the play, keep the drive alive. And he showed that he could do that. So that's why it's fascinating to me to hear this talk about, well, you know, why are we not? You, you keep hearing about these giant rumors interested in Tom Brady, A, because he moved his, you know, he moved his house to Connecticut, and B, because, you know, like Joe Judge is there with the Giants now, and he's got that New England tie, and obviously it looks like, uh, you know, um, Brady's not going back to New England because, you know, New England, they get rid of you a year too early rather than a year too late. That's what they normally do. And so, which I I just can't imagine, but there seems to be a possibility of Tom Brady not being back with New England. And so, look, why would you want Tom Brady here with the Giants? I'm just saying, why? You've got a young quarterback who needs to play to get better. He handled what you threw at him last year. Did he fumble the ball? Yes. Did he turn the ball over by throwing interceptions? Yes. But he's going to work on that. You're going to work with him in the offseason. You're going to make sure that's not the case. You're going to give him all the drills of holding the football high and tight, making sure that ball security is a major issue, especially at the quarterback spot. And so that's what you're going to do. You're going to make sure that he improves. So for the Jets and Giants, they have their quarterback. Okay, they have their quarterback. So now it's about 
building the team around the quarterback. And for the Giants, they've done a pretty good job offensively. They're good. They've got an all-world talent running back. Okay? They've got wide receivers. They've got a tight end. Okay, the concern with with Shepard and and Ingram obviously is can they stay on the field? But the talent is there. They need, like a lot of other teams, (laughs) need a pass rusher, and they need help in the secondary, and they need help at linebacker. And they could improve the offensive line somewhat. Their offensive line is pretty good. It's okay. It's better than it was. You would like some depth there, but it's better than it was. So clearly... That's where their situation is. So fortunately for both local teams, they've got their quarterback, so they don't need that. But both the Jets and Giants do need some help in the trenches. The Jets more on the offensive line than the Giants because the Giants have addressed it over the past couple of years. The Jets really have not. They've tried to, but they have not. So now, as Joe Douglas mentioned, you've got one offensive lineman under contract in Brian Winters. That's not going to get it done. You need to add depth. You had the rookie last year. You want to see how, you know, you're going to evaluate him, see how he comes back, what he's going to be able to do. And you've got some other folks. You got Beecham at, at the tackle spot. Um, some thought about moving him to right tackle, perhaps, and, and drafting a left tackle. We'll see. But the Jets, for them to make that next step, they have got to improve themselves on the offensive line, which is obvious. They can do it by free agency, but you'd like to do it by the draft as well. The free agent situation is just a sprinkling. You build and have depth and be successful by the success you have in drafting. That's the nucleus of talent for you to be successful because your clock starts late on signing those guys to those big contracts. That's why you have to draft well. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.